section eleven masterpieces of negro eloquence edited by alice dunbar nelson this librivox recording is in the public domain an address delivered at the centennial anniversary of the pennsylvania society for promoting the abolition of slavery by mrs francis ellen watkins harper francis ellen watkins harper was a distinguished anti-slavery lecturer writer and poet born in baltimore maryland in eighteen twenty five of free parents after the close of the civil war she went south and worked as a teacher and lecturer but later returned to philadelphia where she devoted her time to lecturing and writing for the temperance cause having charge for a number of years of the w c t u work among negroes iola leroy or the shadows uplifted is her best-known work besides which she published a number of small books of verses ladies and gentlemen the great problem to be solved by the american people if i understand it is this whether or not there is strength enough in democracy virtue enough in our civilization and power enough in our religion to have mercy and deal justly with four millions of people but lately translated from the old oligarchy of slavery to the new commonwealth of freedom and upon the right solution of this question depends in a large measure the future strength progress and durability of our nation the most important question before us colored people is not simply what the democratic party may do against us or the republican party do for us but what are we going to do for ourselves what shall we do towards developing our character adding our quota to the civilization and strength of the country diversifying our industry and practising those lordly virtues that conquer success and turn the world's dread laugh into admiring recognition the white race has yet work to do in making practical the political axiom of equal rights and the christian idea of human brotherhood but while i lift mine eyes to the future i would not ungratefully ignore the past one hundred years ago and africa was the privileged hunting-ground of europe and america and the flag of different nations hung a sign of death on the coasts of congo and guinea and for years unbroken silence had hung around the horrors of the african slave trade since then great britain and other nations have wiped the bloody traffic from their hands and shaken the gory merchandise from their fingers and the brand of piracy has been placed upon the african slave trade less than fifty years ago mob violence belched out its wrath against the men who dared to arraign the slaveholder before the bar of conscience and christendom instead of golden showers upon his head he who garrisoned the front had a halter around his neck since if i may borrow the idea the nation has caught the old inspiration from his lips and written it in the new organic world less than twenty-five years ago slavery clasped hands with king cotton and said slavery fights and cotton conquers for american slavery since then slavery is dead the colored man has exchanged the fetters on his wrist for the ballot in his hand freedom is king and cotton a subject it may not seem to be a gracious thing to mingle complaint in a season of general rejoicing it may appear like the ancient egyptians seating a corpse at their festal board to avenge the americans for their shortcomings when so much has been accomplished and yet with all the victories and triumphs which freedom and justice have won in this country i do not believe there is another civilized nation under heaven where there are half so many people who have been brutally and shamefully murdered with or without impunity as in this republic within the last ten years and who cares where is the public opinion 
that has scorched with red-hot indignation the cowardly murderers of vicksburg and louisiana sheridan lifts up the veil from southern society and behind it is the smell of blood and our bones scattered at the grave's mouth murdered people a white league with its covenant of death and agreement with hell and who cares what city pauses one hour to drop a pitying tear over these mangled corpses or has forged against the perpetrator one thunderbolt of furious protest but let there be a supposed a real invasion of southern rights by our soldiers and our great commercial emporium will rally its forces from the old man in his classic shades to clasp hands with dead rabbits and plugged uglies in protesting against military interference what we need to-day in the onward march of humanity is a public sentiment in favour of common justice and simple mercy we have a civilization which has produced grand magnificent results diffused knowledge overthrown slavery made constant conquests over nature and built up a wonderful material prosperity but two things are wanting in american civilization a keener and deeper broader and tenderer sense of justice a sense of humanity which shall crystallize into the life of the nation the sentiment that justice simple justice is the right not simply of the strong and powerful but of the weakest and feeblest of all god's children a deeper and broader humanity which will teach men to look upon their feeble brethren not as vermin to be crushed down or beasts of burden to be bridled and bitted but as the children of the living god of that god whom we may earnestly hope is in perfect wisdom and in perfect love working for the best good of all ethnologists may differ about the origin of the human race huxley may search for it in protoplasms and darwin send for the missing links but there is one thing of which we may rest assured that we all come from the living god and that he is the common father the nation that has no reverence for man is also lacking in reverence for god and needs to be instructed as fellow-citizens leaving out all humanitarian views as a mere matter of political economy it is better to have the coloured race a living force animated and strengthened by self-reliance and self-respect than a stagnant mass degraded and self-condemned instead of the north relaxing its efforts to diffuse education in the south it behooves us for our national life to throw into the south all the healthful reconstructing influences we can command our work in this country is grandly constructed some races have come into this world and overthrown and destroyed but if it is glory to destroy it is happiness to save and oh what a noble work there is before our nation where is there a young man who would consent to lead an aimless life when there are such glorious opportunities before him before our young men is another battle not a battle of flashing swords and clashing steel but a moral warfare a battle against ignorance poverty and low social condition in physical warfare the keenest swords may be blunted and the loudest batteries hushed but in the great conflict of moral and spiritual progress your weapons shall be brighter for their service and better for their use in fighting truly and nobly for others you win the victory for yourselves give power and significance to your own life and in the great work of upbuilding there is room for woman's work and woman's heart oh that our hearts were alive and our vision quickened to see the grandeur of the work that lies before we have some culture among us but i think our culture lacks enthusiasm we need a deep earnestness and a lofty unselfishness to round out our lives it is the inner life that develops the outer and if we are in earnest the precious things lie all around our feet and we need not waste our strength in striving after the dim and unattainable 
women in your golden youth mother binding around your heart all the precious ties of life let no magnificence of culture or amplitude of fortune or refinement of sensibilities repel you from helping the weaker and less favoured if you have ampler gifts hold them as larger opportunities with which you can benefit others oh it is better to feel that the weaker and feebler our race the closer we will cling to them than it is to isolate ourselves from them in selfish or careless unconcern saying there is a lion without inviting you to this work i do not promise you fair sailing and unclouded skies you may meet with coolness where you expect sympathy disappointment where you feel sure of success isolation and loneliness instead of heart support and co-operation but if your lives are based and built upon these divine certitudes which are the only enduring strength of humanity then whatever defeat and discomfiture may overshadow your plans or frustrate your schemes for a life that is in harmony with god and sympathy for man there is no such word as fail and in conclusion permit me to say let no misfortunes crush you no hostility of enemies or failure of friends discourage you apparent failure may hold in its rough shell the germs of a success that will blossom in time and bear fruit throughout eternity what seemed to be a failure around the cross of calvary and in the garden has been the grandest recorded success End of section eleven